0: How are we doing this morning? I tell you, we probably could have camped out in that third song for like another 10 minutes and I would have been stoked. But praise God, God has something important that he wants to speak into your heart and life. Amen? Do you believe that this morning? A couple of things real quickly before uh, we jump into the message this morning. First thing is this, kind of look around you you notice how the amount of seating is starting to diminish so here's the thing that's a really good thing now also notice this notice how there's more seats in the front couple of rows available than there are in the back couple of rows well here's the reason for that if you are a new family or you are a new person and you're coming to check out the service you normally don't sit up in the first couple of rows right Because you're still trying to figure out if I even like you people and if I want to be here. So the reality is, you want to make sure that any time in your seating that you have room for a family of five to sit in the back three rows. So look around real quick. Is there room for a family of five to sit in the back three rows? So here's what that means, glory to God. We need to add another service. (laughs) so the reality is growth is a good thing amen but you always want to make sure that you have room so I'm gonna ask two things I'm gonna ask that if you've been going to the life for a long time your home this is your church family you like to be here you actually want to be here will you help us by filling in the first couple of rows First and foremost, I've been working on my spitting, so I promise I won't spit on you. But here's the other thing. We've got to make room for people. Amen? And so what we're going to do, get out your cell phone for me. Get out your calendar for me. I want you to write down this date. September 16th. September 16th, because... On September 16th, you will have the option to either come to the 830 service or the 1030 service. And it is completely up to you which one. For, for those of you that love to watch football, and let me, let me give just a real quick precursor. I do this every single year. Don't tell me about the Miami Dolphins game. Don't, don't give me any hints. Don't tell me, oh, pastor, you're going to really like watching the game. Don't tell me anything because I record them. I haven't watched last night's game, so don't tell me anything about it. But for those of you that love that the fact the football season is starting, come to the 830 service. You have plenty of time in the afternoon. If you don't care about that and you value your sleep and want to sleep in, come to the 1030 service. It's entirely up to you. But starting September 16th, we just want to encourage you, uh, we are going to be going to two services. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Can you agree with me that we need, in our area, our region needs, Jesus Christ more than ever? Amen. And I believe this. If that means that we have to open up some additional services because we are doing everything we can to bring Jesus Christ to our community and bring... Uh, people into a sincere house of worship then that's what we want to do amen can you agree with me on that please at least lie to me this morning you can you probably shouldn't do that but just act like you're excited about that amen praise god it really is a good thing because i i want to assure you there are people out there that need jesus christ sincerely sincerely need jesus christ and i want to make sure again as a new person coming in that we've got plenty of space for them, and, and again, so what that means is you want to make sure in the back three rows a family five can sit, and right now, they can't really do that, amen, so uh, again, September 16th, here's the other thing, I am, I know we announced it, but I'm really excited about life groups, because me and my wife are going to have a life group this year, and it's specifically geared towards brand new people that are coming to the church. Uh, it is important for us because we are very relational and we love to connect with people. And so again, if uh, if if you're brand new to the life or fairly new to the life, uh, we would love for you to come to our life group. And so after service, and we'll talk about this towards the end of service, but uh, me and my wife will be out in the, the lobby and we would love to give you the details on that because we would love to invite you to our home and spend some time with you. Last thing, and then I'll... I'll, uh, I'll get started into our message, but I just, I had felt this this morning that I was supposed to do this. But if you serve in Sounder Media, will you just stand up if you're sitting in the crowd? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Deidre. And our guys back here, Dave is back there. I think our Sounder Media does an amazing job. I sincerely do. And I just, I wanted to take some time this morning just to give them props, because I think you guys do a great job, and I mean that very, very sincerely. So thank you guys for all that you do. Amen. Let's pray together, and let's get into service. Father, we thank you for this amazing day. Father, according to your word, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we believe you are going to do something good today, right here, right now, in the lives of your sons and daughters. So, Father, I would ask you this morning, open up our hearts to hear from you. Open up our hearts to receive from you. Father, we want to hear you speak to us personally. We want to hear you speak to our hearts directly. And so we're asking you, Father, in Jesus' name, give us ears to hear and give us eyes to see exactly what you're saying. Father, we didn't come here without purpose. We came here to be with you. So, Father, this morning we're asking you sit with us, speak to us, spend time with your sons and daughters this morning. Father, I ask that the anointing of the living God break every yoke of bondage represented in this place. And I pray, Father God, that we walk out of here invigorated, we walk out of here full of faith, full of hope, full of joy, that our God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen. We started a series last week called Faith or Frustration, and I think it is remarkable how easy it is to go from one to the other, that I can be in faith in one minute, and something happened, and I can just sneak over into the ditch of frustration just that fast. Is it just me? Because listen, I'm, I'm a senior pastor, and I'm telling you, you can go from faith to frustration, it seems like just like that. But I want to ask the question this morning, how many of you are confidently expecting God to do something in your life? Now, I I say that very, listen, I know that can become cliche in church circles, but I mean that with great sincerity. How many of you are not just existing in life, but have a confident expectation, God's going to do something for me at some point in some time? I'm not sure when, I'm not sure how, but I believe with all that is within me, God is going to move on my behalf. Because if not, you came to a great service. Because by the time this is done, I believe that God is going to supernaturally inject hope and faith on the inside of you. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So, you know, I, I don't know the exact date, but we're, we're already close enough to the last quarter of the year. Do you mind me dropping a Christmas reference on you already? I, you know, Christmas in August reference. Is that okay? But so he, here's my thing, and, and this is where I want you to think. But, you know, when, when we're just a couple of weeks out, I know this doesn't apply to everybody in the room, but my daughter's here in the front row, and I know it applies to her. But when you're like a couple of weeks out, and, and you feel pretty confident that you've done all you can to declare exactly what you want, and exactly what you want to get, and... And I've already been told, I got told this like months ago. I mean, my daughter is confidently expecting some mirrored closet doors for her closet. (laughs) I know that this is one of the things that that she's already confidently expecting. But when you start getting a couple of weeks out, dare I say a couple of days out, don't you have a confident expectation, man, there is going to be something under the tree for me amen? Well, not as many, but I mean, maybe we need to have a whole different message about this, but the reality is, again, for husbands, for wives, and listen, can I just tell you something? Guys, when she tells you she doesn't want something, that's a lie. Come on. That's a straight-up lie. Don't listen to that garbage. Oh, babe, it's, we don't have to get each other. We don't have to get you know each other something. That's a lie. I'm telling you guys right now. Don't fall for that trick. Oh, babe, you're all I need. Come on. But when we get to that that place where we're we're at Christmas Eve, and we confidently expect that there's going to be something under that tree with my name on it. And the reality of that, and the reason why I, I choose to use that analogy is, again, can I ask you, what is the present, using that whole Christmas analogy, what's the, what's the present you're believing God for? Because we'll tell our spouse, if, if, especially if we're a teenager, we'll tell our parents, but what are we telling God that we're expecting from Him to be in that package that I'm going to rip open? What are we declaring to Him to say, this is what I want? I mean, I've known about these doors since last year that I didn't get them. And, and listen, if you're sincere about it now, nah, man... I might step on somebody's toes here if you're sincere about it it's not just going to be a flippant whim that I would really like this it's going to be something that you're dogmatic about and it's like I didn't get it last year so I'm gonna make sure it's on the top of my list right now to receive so what are we as Christians saying God I'm not going to let up on this I want my mirror doors I'm ready to receive what I'm believing you for because as Christian sons and daughters, we should be sitting on the lap of our Father telling Him exactly what we expect. Amen. Amen? So, listen, if it's healing, then let's believe God with a confident expectation for healing in your body. Maybe it's for peace of mind. Let's believe God dogmatically, emphatically exactly what I'm believing God for maybe it maybe it's the reality that you need some breakthrough financially let's believe God with a confident expectation that I'm not just throwing up a couple of whims I'm not throwing stuff on the wall to hope it sticks but I am legitimately hoping and believing and standing and declaring that my God will come through for me I'm not sure when, I'm not sure how, but that's not my job. I'm just telling daddy what I want. Amen? Amen. But it is the reality. I've been saying this for 10 years being here. If you're not expecting something, you're getting exactly what you're expecting. You're getting exactly what you're expecting and listen I'm a Christian as well can I just tell you something being in leadership being a senior pastor does not exempt me from any of the same issues that you go through I have had my moments in life where I'm believing God and I'm standing and I'm trusting and I'm declaring and nothing happens and so what does that do for you the next time you really want to stand and believe You're like, I don't know, I don't want to get my hopes up again. Is that anybody? Listen, if you've served God any length of time, it's a reality. There are times, listen, where we're disappointed. There are times where we're frustrated. I get it. But I was sharing this with, with somebody a couple of days ago. You know, the Bible tells us that there are going to be times where we're going to walk through a valley. But one of my instructors a long time ago used to tell us all the time, just because you got to walk through it don't mean you got to build a house there. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to camp out there. There are moments and times in all of our lives where we walk through seasons of time that we're not really too fond of. And if you ask me, I really don't want to go back there. And I really don't want to revisit those times. But if we're not careful, those times will define if we're going to stand in faith the next time around. Because those times try to convince us that that's the norm, not him being the norm. Come on, are you with me this morning? I want to encourage you. There is a lot of presence Under the tree of life that is Jesus Christ. There is a lot that he wants to give you. There is a lot that is just waiting for you to grab hold of by faith. So last week I I started sharing the reality that hope and faith are tied together. I, I gave the quick example that uh, I thought this was a corny analogy I had several of you tell me it was a perfect analogy so but I use the analogy of of um, a dog that plays fetch and I don't have any dogs I'm happy about that it's not that I'm a dog hater <laughs> or a cat hater it's just I'm, I'm thankful that we're animal free right now glory to God but if you if you have a good dog that that plays plays catch, that you'll take that ball and they'll get excited. And they'll they'll be standing there. And somebody told me that uh, their dog like will stand on their hind legs just waiting for that ball to be thrown. And the second you throw it, that dog goes and gets it. And if it's an actual good dog, not like some of the dogs I've owned in the past, it actually brings it back to you. But listen, that is exactly how hope and faith work. Your hope is that ball that if it is not out there, your faith has nothing to go grab. And and as soon as you launch it, it gives you the ability and gives your faith the ability to go chase after something. And when your faith grabs a hold of it, it brings it back. And it's how hope and faith work in the word. Your hope, and, and I shared this, but your, your hope, well, I'm just going to go back there real quick. And I'm going to read it directly. Let me get there. Just bear with me. Hope in, in the Greek, when I looked it up, it is the word elpis. Elpis. And I choose to pronounce it that way, I don't know if that's correct, but it's E-L, and especially in Hebrew and Greek, L stands for uh, for God, El Shaddai, Elohim, L. But then the pronunciation is P, uh, I'm sorry, the, the way you spell it is P-E-E-C-E, and it's, it's real of uh, peace. And I think it's interesting because even inside of hope, there should be a peace there about it. Because, listen, you're not, a lot of us hope to have a 5,000-square-foot home. Yeah. A lot of us hope for things that, again, we're really not hoping for it. What we're really doing is just, man, that's something I like to have. But, you know, it's probably not happening anytime soon. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, again, things that we're going to throw up against the wall and hope that they stick. I'm talking about something that you're going to dogmatically trust and believe for, that you can go to the Word of God and know that it's a promise right there, that God says, "I, I will be your hope. I will give you that hope. I'm talking about a founded hope in Christ. The definition is this. It's an expectation based on a solid certainty and it's amazing how there's so many similarities between the definitions of hope and the definitions of faith but hope is not a and this is still part of the definition not a sense of optimism or wishful thinking but it's to anticipate something with pleasure with pleasure so it is this thing on the inside of me that, again, this is not, I'm not talking about wishful thinking. I'm not talking about uh, just, you know, a unfounded optimism. I'm talking about the reality that I sincerely, out of the treasure of my heart, I know God can do this for me. I know God can do this for me. Because, listen, if he's done it for one He would be a biased, unfair God if he wouldn't do it for another. I know God can do this for me. Luke 6, 45. It says this, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of your heart. What's truly in here? Again, I'm not talking about Hey, uh, gee, I sure hope so. One of my instructors while I was in Bible school, he told us a story. And this was several years back. But he was praying for people that had sickness in their life. And it was, it was legit. And, and God was doing amazing things. And when I say amazing things, I'm talking about people standing up out of wheelchairs, people getting healed, amazing, amazing things. And he came to this one woman, and, and he said this. Are you ready for God to heal your body? And she was an elderly lady, and she looked at him, and she said, Well, son, I sure hope so. And he said, I knew right there. There's nothing that's going to happen in this woman's life. Because this is just a, yeah, I mean, I hope so. I really don't think so. But I at least, I at least can say the right words. Come on, we can't be Christians that just say the right words. I mean that with sincerity. If you if you are looking for God to move in your life, we can't just give flippant words because we know the right church Christianese. Amen. But out of the abundance of your heart, it's out of that conviction of your heart. It's not a flippant errant like, oh yeah, I'm just part of that a blab it and grab it group. No, this is the fact that God said, God told me in his word that he will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, and I will stand on that, not as a flippant optimistic, I hope so, but as a fact that that's what you told me. You told me that. And if you're going to say it, then I'm going to hold you to your word. That's what we're talking about. Your conversation, listen, is going to at some point reflect what's in your heart. Your conversation at some point is going to reflect what's going on on the inside. But can I tell you this, church? If you don't begin to have a vision for tomorrow, you'll die in the problems of today. You might want to write that one down. That's a good one. If you don't begin to have a vision for tomorrow, you'll die in the problems of today. Can we agree that sometimes when, again, when we're walking through the valley, when we're battling, when we're dealing with issues, sometimes it's hard to see past your problem. Sometimes, I mean, when you're waking up in the morning and a pain is real, it's hard to get past that. But I'm telling you, if we as sons and daughters of the Most High God, if we can't see what tomorrow looks like, we end up dying in the issues of today. Amen? So what, what do I do, Pastor, if, if I'm really not sure? I, I don't necessarily, I don't have a hope right now that I can just tell you. I, I don't know. I mean, you're talking about this and and uh, I'm not really sure what I'm hoping for right now. Let's talk about that. Because, again, those are real issues. Amen? How many of you right now, if I asked you to come up here, put a mic in your hand, you could tell me what you're confidently hoping for and expecting to happen. How many of you? Okay, now, now pause there. That's fantastic. But look around. Because that's like a quarter of the group, maybe a third of this of what's in this auditorium. So what about the other two-thirds that are like, Pastor, I'm not really sure. Well, let's talk about that because, again, that's legit. That's sincere. If I don't have a hope right now, how do I get one? So let me give you this little nugget. It's the best definition of vision that I've ever heard. Short, sweet, simple. Vision is just the picture of a desired future. Have you ever heard somebody say, you got to have some vision? You got to have vision in your life. You ever heard that? What's your vision for that? Well, your vision is just in the most simplistic terms, it's just a picture of your desired future. You know what one of the pictures of my desired future is? You ready? Well, that this, in all reality, this spot right here, this is just a campus. And that we're going to at some point in the near future don't know how don't know when but I know what God said we're gonna buy either another piece of property or way bigger building and open up another campus see that that's the vision that I believe God has placed in my heart concerning our church this is just a campus this isn't home base it's just a campus here in Apollo Beach that's wonderful it's fantastic praise God we're filling it up but my vision that God's given me says, no, 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 there's, there's more to that. Don't, don't just get comfortable here like this is the only spot. See, it's a vision, it's a picture of a desired future. You understand? So, if you look up the word hope, in, uh, again, specifically in the Hebrew, I'm going to give you, uh, and just please understand this, in the Hebrew, there can be up to six different definitions for one word, and a lot of it is defined on how it's used in a, in a structural sentence. In case you don't understand this, your Bible was written in Hebrew and in Greek both, and, and a lot of them are very, very similar in their, their dialect and in their definitions. But sometimes, please understand this, what the Bible gives as a definition is different than what we would ascribe in the United States. Amen? It's it's an Eastern book written to an Eastern people. We understand we're a Western culture, right? And so sometimes our definitions don't jive. Sometimes what we've been taught all of our lives isn't exactly what the Word of God is telling us, but it's just how we interpret it because that's all we've ever known. So, uh, this word tikvah, is the Hebrew uh, one of the Hebrew words ascribed for hope, and just listen to this. It's it, it's again very similar to what I read before. It's just a, this is a different definition. It's an expectation, but it's something that you're yearning for. Something. Listen, I love this. Something you would gladly wait on. Wait, wait, wait. There was a qualifier there. Glad. Gladly. Man, I'll gladly wait for that. I'll, gl- I'll be happy to wait for that. This isn't a drudgery. This isn't like, oh, yeah, i got to go through my confession today. It has nothing to do with that. This is something I would gladly wait on. I will gladly, with a joyful, expectant heart, I'll wait for that. You bet. Now, look at this other part. This, this was a clincher for me. It can also be translated, I love this, as a rope or a cord. A rope or a cord. Now listen to this. A rope that is stretched. Can I tell you something, church? If you have a sincere hope in your life, it will stretch you. Your hope should stretch beyond your ability on your own. The example that the Hebrew gives is in Jericho when the spies actually went into Jericho and they saw the woman Rahab, which was a prostitute. Can I tell you something? Sin cannot keep you from God. Your mistakes can't keep you from God. Because God is way bigger than that. But listen, she was instructed, you put out a scarlet tikvah in your hope of rescue when we storm this place. That is the exact word. When it says a scarlet rope, it's the same word, tikvah. It is the hope that when all these walls come crashing down, I'm going to be saved. But guess what? When the walls start crumbling and you're not seeing anybody knock on the door and turmoil is happening, it doesn't feel like salvation at that moment. The reality is you better have a confident hope that is stretching you to say, man, the ceiling is starting to fall in. God, I know you're going to save me in this. You're going to get me out of this. That was the rope that I threw out there, Mm, I love that. Because listen, your hope, your hope, your confident expectation in God, it should stretch you. It should be a rope that is stretched. It's not, listen, it's not really a hope if you know you can do it on your own. It's not. You know what we call that? Man, I've had to go through this in my life. We call that a control freak. Because I feel like if it's out of my hands, then it won't get accomplished. And God is begging you to get it out of your hands and put it in His. Begging you. So again, for for that person... That's saying, I'm not really sure. Can I tell you this? Your hope has got to be grounded in the Word of God. It's got to be grounded. And so I'm going to encourage you, because there's really three main areas that I'm going to really encourage you. Something that you've read in the Scriptures that you know applies to you. That can be where your hope comes from. It can be something that you feel like in prayer that God has specifically shared with you. That's where your hope can come from. And listen, that will always be validated again by the word of God. But let me give you a third one. Has, have any one of you ever had a moment where you were maybe at church or at a service or somewhere where somebody felt like they had a word from the Lord for you? Has that ever happened? Can I also tell you, it will always be grounded and qualified by the word of God. But this is where, this is where your hope should be coming from. It shouldn't be coming from Dr. Phil. It shouldn't be coming from our president. It shouldn't be coming from all these promises we're seeing from all these candidates on TV right now because they want your vote. It should be coming straight from our Father. Doesn't the scripture tell us, if we'll bring our tithes and offerings to the storehouse, I'll pour you out a blessing that you can't, you won't have room enough to contain. Doesn't it tell us that? Doesn't it also tell us that by the stripes that Jesus took at that whipping post, spilling his innocent blood all over the place, that by those stripes, your body will be healed, mine broken, in exchange for your healing? Doesn't it tell us those things? Doesn't it tell us that the God of peace will bring peace right here? There are promises in the word for every issue that you're dealing with right now. But listen, it's so important for us that if we don't have something that we're hoping for, that we're confidently expecting, and we're getting exactly what we're expecting, which is nothing. Man, that should never be the case for the children of God. We serve way too amazing of a God for that. Amen. We we serve a God that, that promises. I've said it two or three times because I feel like it's a word that somebody needs. To camp on today that my God, this is in Ephesians, my God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or think. And I can think a lot. But it says he'll outdo that. That my God can do above that. But the question is, are you willing to extend a rope that far? Man, I hope you're getting something good out of this. I'm preaching myself happy. Listen, your vision, your hope, it should stretch you. But when you begin to see, listen, when you begin to get a glimpse of what could be, when you begin to get a glimpse of what God wants it to be in your life, when you get a glimpse of that part right there, now all of a sudden it's something that I will gladly wait on. I will confidently wait on. I'll, I'll, I'll have joy in my heart to wait on that. It, I, listen, I saw this building like two years ago, and it was something that I would gladly endure to get right here. Every time in the high school that we were setting up and we were inconvenienced, let's put it that way, What kept us going is a picture of a desired future. Now, I'll I'll gladly wait for that because it's coming. You make no mistake about it. Listen, if you'll hang out long enough, you'll see our next campus as well. You'll see it with your own eyes. Oh, and I'm excited about that one too. I've already got some picture of what that one's supposed to look like as well. But Listen. Regardless of what today looks like, regardless, it is that hope. See, I think back again to Rahab. I don't believe in my heart. I know the scripture doesn't say, so this is is my interpretation, sheerly mine. I don't think Rahab was happy with life. I don't think she was happy with her job. I don't think she was happy in her environment. And I think the minute that there was the opportunity for a greater tomorrow, she was like, I'll go with you. I'll help you. Because I'm not satisfied where I'm at. I'm not happy where I'm at. And I believe that there's more out there for me than what I'm experiencing. So if you tell me that your God can do better, I'm with you. I'm I'm going where you're going. I'll gladly help you out because I, I'm starting to see something better than my today. And that is that is how hope and faith work. So I want to ask you this morning, what has God promised you? Think about this. What, what are some of the promises? Because you may need to take some of these jokers off the shelf and dust them off again. What has God been promising you? Or can I even can I go a step further, man? What is in the Word that God has promised you that you've even yet to see and discover? Because there are some promises in there that listen take you from ordinary to something extraordinary. There are some promises in there that will change your tomorrow if you will start to stand for today. There are some things in there. What has God promised you? And if you were in the two-thirds that didn't really raise your hand, it's time to discover that. What is God saying to you? What is God promising you? I know for somebody, I don't know who it is, but, I mean, that scripture will not leave me alone. God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you've asked or thought. You were believing for one thing, and God says, I'm going to do this much more than what you even thought was going to take place. Now listen, that may be for one, it may be for 100 people in here, I don't care, but what is that promise that I'm going to grab onto, and I'll gladly wait for that to happen in my life? Because what today looks like, you better take a Polaroid, because it won't look like that tomorrow. And it's the reality that God wants to do something incredible in your life. But we've got to discover, what, man, what, what is it, God? What have you promised me? What have you promised me? Can I tell you this? Just as as one of the things that God had promised me, I believe this was in 2014. I was driving to church, and it was in our old building, and and I'm at a stoplight, and just as clear as ever, God said, I, I felt like God was saying to my heart, the tithe will pay for the building. And it was random. It was kind of out of the blue. I I wasn't really even talking about that. But can I tell you this as a testimony to God's goodness and faithfulness? When we remodeled this building, we did it without a loan, without anything. The tithe paid for this building. And that was a word that God gave. I want to say 2013, 2014. But listen, when God says it, I'll gladly wait for it. I'll gladly wait for it. What has God said to you? And you may be sitting there again this morning saying, "Pastor, I just I don't know what God said." You you keep asking the question, but I don't know how to answer. James one for you. James one, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask a God who gives liberally, and without reproach, it will be given to him. If you lack wisdom. Can I tell you, church, you cannot be afraid to pray a prayer like this that says, Father, what do you want me to expect? What should I be expecting, Father? What do you want me to expect? Show me. Father, show me what I should be hoping for. Show me what I should be believing for. Show me some dreams that I can grab onto that are greater than my experience today in this moment. But don't be afraid to ask God specifically, well, God, you know what? Pastor's kind of calling me on the carpet. He's kind of challenging me a little bit. What should I believe you for? What should I be hoping for? And let God begin to speak into your heart. Can I give somebody a word? I have no idea who this is for, but I just feel so compelled to say this. You're not too old. I don't know who this is for, but it's, it's very specific. You're not too old, and it's not gone past you. It, it hasn't passed you by. You didn't miss it. Oh, this is even getting better. You didn't miss it because of what you thought were mistakes and wrong turns. You're not too old. I've still got a plan for you that is better than what you have seen. You're not too old. I don't know who it's for. I don't care. But it's a promise to somebody that listen, if you'll start to grab onto it with hope and with a faith, I'm telling you, that presence waiting for you under the tree. Glory to God. Proverbs Proverbs 13, 12 says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The biggest, and here's where I'm going to wrap up. The biggest area that I have seen Christians, I mean good Christians, well-meaning Christians, the biggest area that I've seen them frustrated, Amen. man, I'm telling you, this is like 9 out of 10 Christians. They love God. But here's where I see that they get frustrated. They're trying to take, listen, man, this is so important. They're trying to take their hopes and dreams and stick them up to God and say, will you bless these rather than getting his already blessed hopes and dreams for their life? And I'm telling you, I see more Christians frustrated here because they're ticked off because, listen, I love you, but you're not getting your own way, so you're ticked off at God. And this is where I've seen Christians frustrated. Well, I thought it was supposed to go like this, and I thought this was supposed to happen, and this is the way I thought it should play out. And they're frustrated because they're too busy trying to force their agenda rather than receiving his. Oh, I think it's supposed to happen like this. Well, my timing was yesterday. Man, that's one of my worst. Man, I wanted it like a week ago. You know what? God's timing is perfect, He knows. And can I give you, can I give somebody else, man? This is this is another word for somebody. I don't know who it is. But your steps are ordered of the Lord. So if they're ordered of the Lord as a commanding officer, then if you'll be obedient to walk them out, he will take care of you on every step of that journey. Because your steps are ordered of the Lord. And if they're ordered, again. For those that have been in the military, they understand this. When you get a direct order, it's not really optional. It's only optional if you want to spend some time in the the brig. But if your steps are ordered, stop. Listen, you will alleviate your frustration if you'll stop trying to get your own way. Love you. Really love you. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. You're frustrated because you're convinced that your way is a better way than his. Stop trying to force your agenda. Here's how I want to close. Me and my wife, for the first time in the history of our ministry, we took a a sabbatical leave uh, a couple of months ago. Started in July. I was so frustrated for the first four or five weeks i mean i was so aggravated i was so frustrated because i thought it was going to go this specific way i was miserable i'm going to tell you the truth i was miserable i had had lunch with joe and and i told him i'm I'm miserable (laughs) i was miserable because i thought i thought it was supposed to happen like this and this was what was going to go on and this is how it was going to transpire and and none of that happened. And I, I went and saw one of our, our apostolic oversights in Dallas, Texas. And he put it, uh, I was waiting for my luggage around the carousel at, the Dow, at DFW. And he put his hand on my shoulder. And he's like, are you all right? I was like, no, I'm not all right. I'm not good. And we talked back and forth. And, and he, he said this word. He said, you're in detox. And he said, I want you to think about somebody that has a drug addiction and they go to rehab. He said, you think those first handful of weeks are fun for them? You think they're enjoyable? You think they sit around, you know, sipping a drink out of a coconut with a little umbrella? You know, what do do you think? He said, in 22 years, you have never let the land rest in your life and you're detoxing right now. as soon as he said it, one of the things that I did is I went back and repented for trying to force my own agenda above God's agenda. Of trying to force my way above God's way. Again, you've got to trust. Can I tell you this? you, you got to trust your oversight. Man, God places people over you in your life on purpose to help you in your journey. Trust your oversight. Trust your oversight. But trust that God knows what you need even better than what you know you need. Man, your life in God's hands is so much better than your life in your own. Get out of the driver's seat. And let's let God take, (laughs) let's let Jesus take the wheel. I got I, I can't stress this enough. And and I want us to pray for a second. But listen. And you know, for that person, just real quick, for that when I said your steps are ordered of the Lord, I will tell you this. If you believe God is telling you something, you do you do three things. You find it multiple times in the word I'm saying because the scripture says out of two or three witnesses let every word be established so you find whatever you believe God is telling you multiple times in the word you don't just pick out scriptures that fit what you want and you talk to your oversight and tell them this is what I feel like God's saying will you help me am I missing it It's really important to understand, man, God places people in your life to help you in the journey. It's so important for you to listen. But if you're here this morning, and you know, I've been, I've been more in frustration than I've been in faith. I've been more aggravated than I have happy. I've, I've struggled in not being able to see past today let alone seeing a picture of a desired future, then, then let's do this. Let's pray together. So if you would just, again, will you please just, will you bow your heads? Will you close your eyes? One of the biggest areas of your frustration, I'm telling you, is the fact that you try to force your own agenda. try to force your own agenda. And so, Lord, we come before you as a body of believers that love you. We're, we're sons and daughters. And, Father, we repent right now. We repent of trying to force our own way. Father, I am so sorry that I've tried to push my agenda. I am so sorry that I've tried to force my what I think is best I've tried to force that into play I'm telling you with a repentant heart you've just got to say I'm sorry I'm sorry God I am sorry And if you'll do that I promise you he'll take away the frustration But I also want to say this, if you're sitting here this morning, if you're sitting here and and Jesus is not the Lord of your life, and here's what I really mean by that. If you're here this morning and Jesus is Lord over some areas that you find convenient, but he's not Lord over all the areas, if you're not willing to surrender every part of life, because listen, we can be really guilty of that. I'll let you be Lord over a few areas, but not every area, because I want to hold on to a couple. But if Jesus is not Lord over every area, then let's pray. And Jesus, Jesus, we are asking you right now, I surrender every part of my life to you. Not just the easy parts. I surrender every part of my life into your hands. I surrender my marriage. I surrender my family. I surrender my manhood. I surrender uh, being a son. I surrender every single area, my health, my finances. I surrender every area of my life. I need you to be my Lord and Savior over every part, not just the easy parts. Lord, I'm so sorry for trying to stay in control I'm so sorry for not believing that you are not enough but you are enough thank you for patiently Waiting through some of my stubbornness. Thank you for patiently standing by my side. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for not quitting on me. Thank you for loving me even in my imperfections. Thank you. But I declare from this day forward, I need you to be Lord over every area of my life, every single one. I'm telling you, this is another word for somebody. You've struggled. This is a word for somebody, maybe multiple somebody's, but you've struggled with the word surrender. You've struggled with that word. But if you'll just tell God, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender to you. I surrender to your plans. I surrender to your purposes. I surrender to you. I surrender. I'm telling you, he wants to build hope. He wants to build faith. A confident expectation of what I will gladly wait for. You can look up praise God don't be afraid to ask God point-blank show me what you want me to believe for show me what you want me to hope for tell me show me man when I open up the scriptures let it let it just pop out as I'm reading the promises that you have made to me that I can confidently expect and gladly wait on Amen.